I'm Pastor Joe, and I have the, the privilege of bringing you the message here today. So once again, I just want to say good morning and welcome. I hope you're all doing well, and I hope any plans you have for the Christmas season are off to a good start as well. We're into our second week of Advent now. We know that's, that's kind of hard to believe, but Christmas seems to come quickly every year, and this year is certainly no exception to that. I have some good news for you today, and everyone likes to hear good news, especially at this time of year. My good news is this. You were made for joy. You were made for joy. You weren't made to fret. You weren't made to worry. You weren't made to think dark thoughts or anything like that. You were made for peace, for love, for light, and for joy. This is the season of Advent. Traditionally, we may talk about joy on the third Sunday of Advent and light the pink candle, but this year we're doing it a little bit differently and we're following along with the River Kids curriculum. And we get to be joyful one whole week ahead of schedule. So that's good news too. As we begin, I have a couple of stories for you. Now one is a personal story, and one is one from one of those stories uh, from a book that you get that tell pastors some of the stories or illustrations you can use in your sermons. As you might be able to guess when you hear it, this first illustration is from the latter source. As we celebrate the Advent season, we are called to be joyful. But sometimes we can miss out on that joy. As was the case with this first lady. I know her well. Or maybe not. I heard a story once from an Illustrations for Pastors book about a lady who always wanted to see the English countryside by train. Finally, she saved up enough money to fly across the Atlantic and to take the trip across the English countryside. But when she got on the train, there was a problem with her seating assignment. The windows were uh, a little blurry or steamy, and uh, she really wasn't able to see out them as well as she has expected. It didn't match her expectations. She was worried about her luggage, maybe being lost or stolen. The food and the beverages were, were way too expensive, and not to mention they were in pounds. Before she knew it, her trip was over. She had missed out on a lot of the joy of taking her trip of a lifetime. Anyone who has been around Rivercross for a while may know that I love the Olympics. Both the Summer and the Winter Olympics, but especially the Winter Olympics. It was my dream come true when Canada got to host the the Winter Olympics in 2010 in Vancouver. I counted down the years And then I counted down the months, I counted down the weeks, and then the days. Until finally, one Friday night, the opening ceremonies happened. I was sitting in my chair waiting for them. And then I fell asleep. I missed half of the opening ceremonies that I had waited years to see. How did that happen? But I just want you to know that the story doesn't end there. I received the full DVD set of the opening of the Vancouver Winter Games as a wonderful gift for my wife that Christmas. And one day I'm going to watch them. But the point is this. I missed out on the joy. 
We're going to look at a passage of scripture this morning that talks about joy. It's not from the Christmas story, but from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me do. Then the God of peace will be with you. You know, the amazing thing is this, that Paul wrote those words that I just read from prison when he was more or less on death row. We're told that he wrote Philippians while he was literally chained to a Roman soldier and guarded day and night. And yet he says to us, don't be anxious for anything. I think under the circumstances, most of us would be pretty anxious. But Paul tells us to rejoice. It takes a special kind of faith to experience inner joy in circumstances such as these. I want to ask you a question today. What is it that robs you of your joy? If I were to survey 100 of you, I believe the overwhelming response would be worry or anxiety. Some of you may have heard the name Ann Landers. Back in the old days, when they used to have newspapers, and they actually printed them on paper, and then someone would take that and deliver it to your house. Can you imagine that, back in the olden days? Well, anyways, there was a column in that paper, and those papers by the name of a lady, uh, Ann Landers. She would give people advice about their problems. She would receive about 10,000 letters a month. Not emails, but letters all probably written out in cursive, so people nowadays wouldn't be able to read them. People would share their problems with her, 10,000 a month. Now, doesn't that sound like a dream job? But she said this about the people who wrote to her, that the number one problem people had was anxiety, the number one thing. And often it wasn't really about big things. Quite often the anxiety was about little things. Little things that can occupy our minds and cause us to fixate on things that really don't matter in the big scheme of things. What causes you anxiety? What steals your joy? Is it fear of the future? Not knowing what might be around the corner? You know, an author once said, God made the world round so that we would never be able to see too far down the road. 
lack of future knowledge is probably something that protects us more than it harms us. Pastor John Ortberg has told an interesting story in one of his books about the motion picture, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Christmas movie, and many of you may have seen it, and some of you may see it this season as well. It's about a young man named George Bailey, who dreamed of traveling the world and making his father proud. None of his dreams are realized. He ends up living in a small town with a two-bit savings and loan company, wondering whether his life was really worthwhile. He later discovered that his life is valuable because of the great impact he has had on the lives of other people. When the movie first came out in 1946, it really wasn't all that popular, but then later it's gained popularity. Ortberg said that the reason probably was that the movie began to resonate with a lot of people as their lives really hadn't turned out the way that they had planned. People want to know that they matter and that their life is worthwhile and that they are making a difference in the world. Maybe some people experience anxiety because they are afraid their lives will be a disappointment. Sometimes we have our joy robbed because we are jealous of others. Jealousy, for most people, isn't something that is done and dealt with. Maybe for some, but only the fortunate few, I would say. For most people, jealousy is something that has to be managed. We have to keep it in check. We can't let it get out of hand. Christmas is an easy time to let this get out of control. We can be jealous that we don't get the things that other people get. Or we can be jealous that we don't or that we aren't able to give the way that other people give. Don't you hate it when you see something, someone's Christmas tree and all their decorations and it looks like it just fell out of a Hallmark movie? I guess for most of us, we live in our homes and they get messy. And that's the way it should be. Jealousy knows no bounds. And it constantly finds way to, ways to sneak into our lives and even sometimes surprise us. I've used this in a message before. But one of the most simple, effective, and down-to-earth messages on jealousy that I ever heard were the words from someone who was laying at the front of the church in their casket. She had written out her wishes for her family's health and happiness. And as her daughter-in-law read her words, one sentence really stuck out to me. She simply said, Don't waste your life in jealousy. Don't waste your life in jealousy. A jealous life can really be a wasted life. Is jealousy causing you anxiety this Christmas season? Do you remember the first thing that the angel said to the shepherds who were watching their flocks that very first Christmas night? The first thing the angel said was, fear not. That's important for us to remember this time of year. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid of the present. Don't let fears or anxieties dominate your minds. The words of the angel continue on. The angel not only said, fear not, but he said, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. This Christmas season was never intended to be a season of anxiety, but a season of joy. 
Many of you may remember the the major blackout that occurred in New York City in 2003. Many of you weren't born yet. You probably won't remember it then, but I'm sure some of you do. Happening not long after 9-11, it was a very fearful and chaotic time. A pastor by the name of Anthony Evans was staying in a hotel that night in the area. He recounts how everything went black. Wall Street, the United Nations, all airports, all rail transportation, subways, But he noticed one exception to the darkness. He came upon a restaurant where people were lined up to get hot food. There was music playing. People were smiling and enjoying the atmosphere. Evans happened upon the restaurant's assistant manager and asked about the situation. He said, everywhere it's dark. Even my hotel room right over there is in darkness. How can you be going on as if nothing has happened? The manager said this, you know, it's quite simple. When we built this place, we were completely equipped with gas generators, preparing for a situation such as this. We've got power on the inside that isn't determined by circumstances on the outside. Even though there's not much happening out there, there's plenty happening in here. When we become a Christian, the change happens on the inside. So what's happening on the outside shouldn't determine our joy. Fear not, the angel said to the shepherds. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I'm not sure how many of you are news watchers. Do you like to know what's going on? We watch Canadian news, of course, but we like to watch some CNN as well, sometimes too much CNN. You know, not that there's there's much going on in CNN these days. You know, we have a pandemic, uh, we have an election, we still have the election, and we still have the pandemic. I was listening to it the other day, and one line really caught my attention. It was from Alison Camerata. They were talking about plans for the holiday season in the midst of the pandemic. And she said this, The holidays can be a source of anxiety, even in the good years. And you know, 2020 probably isn't up there with some of the real good years. Joy can come from external sources, and joy can come from internal sources. This may be a year, just as as each year should really be, when our joy needs to come primarily from internal sources, just like the restaurant I described earlier. This may be a a year when our joy is challenged, but let this be completely clear. It's going to take a whole lot more than a pandemic to steal our joy this Christmas season. Romans chapter 8 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If nothing can separate us from Christ's love, then it's going to take a whole lot more than a pandemic to separate us from his joy. Can I hear an amen? This Christmas, you may have to do a little digging, a little searching for your joy.
It's there. But sometimes it takes a little more work to recognize it. Christmas 2020 hasn't been canceled, even though it may be different. Let's look at a few practical applications here. I want to talk to you about uh, three F's. And no, we're not talking about my report card. That's a whole other matter. But the first one is faith. This Christmas season, search your faith. Read the Christmas story. See Christ in all of the celebrations, in the lights, in the singing, in the holiday specials on TV. Don't let this season slip away without celebrating the true source of the season. The true, the true reason of the season. Think back to a time when Christmas was especially meaningful to you. When your relationship with Christ may have really been at a high point. Recapture the wonder. Recapture the joy. Let the true meaning of Christmas be a source of joy and thankfulness to you this year. The second one is family. I began the message by telling a couple of stories about missing out on stuff in life without even realizing it. When it comes to family, we have to really make sure that we don't miss out. I don't know about you, but I love nature. I love the beauty of lakes and forests, of streams and hills. And most of all, I love sunsets. There's such a gift from God at the end of a day. I'm fortunate that I get to enjoy many of them from my cottage or even from my home. I'm still able to see much of the beauty of the display. There are two things I don't know, two of the many things. I don't know how long I will live, and I don't know how many beautiful sunsets there will be until then. I have a limited number of sunsets to enjoy in my life. If I miss one, I might say, oh, you know, there's going to be another one right around the corner. But the fact remains that I have missed something that I will never again be able to experience. I may experience another sunset, but I will never experience that sunset. The same is true with family. Kids grow up quickly. Parents grow old quickly. Sometimes we get so busy or preoccupied that we miss stuff. We miss good stuff. We miss family stuff. We miss experiences, conversations, tender moments, and hugs. We miss time together. Christmas 2020 will only happen once. And if you miss it, you're never going to get it back. I know that this Christmas will be different. There may be some guidelines that limit some of our family contact, but I'm sure there will still be some family contact. This Christmas, experience family joy. Overlook little things. Do your best to be a peacemaker, a joy filler. Make memories this Christmas that will bring you and your family joy for years to come. And the last thing I want to talk about is friends. This Christmas season, I would encourage you to look past your immediate family and reach out to a few friends. Not necessarily physically, but there are a lot of ways you can reach out. Maybe reach out to a friend who doesn't have much family around or someone who is unable to be with her family this year because of the present circumstances. 
give them a call or contact them by email or text. But contact somebody who may be a bit surprised to hear from you. Reach beyond your normal circles this year and spread some joy to someone who might really need it. What you will find is this. You will receive much more joy than you've ever given away. Joy is contagious. The more you give away, the more you will experience. So, this Christmas, do your best to gather your joy, to spread your joy, to experience the joy of Christ, the joy of the Christmas season. Don't let worry or anxiety take hold in your life. Overcome disappointments. Keep jealousy to a minimum. Concentrate on your faith, your family, and your friends. Let them know you love them. That is the greatest gift that you can give to them. And that's the same gift that God gave to us in the stable in Bethlehem. Remember the words of St. Paul. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Amen.